Welcome back to Beat the Good with Kate, the show that inspires each of us to see how we have the power to make a difference all around us. Each episode highlights an individual doing good in the world while following their passions, good for their own souls and for others. I get so excited about sharing each and every episode of Be The Good With You, and I hope you enjoy these people and stories. If you're new here, welcome, and if you are returning, thank you so much for your support. I'm so glad you found Be The Good With Kate and would love to hear from you. If you're finding value in these episodes, I invite you to share with someone who could also use this dose of good news, or tag me on social with your favorite quote from the episode. Every share, subscriber, review, and comment helps me to share these guests' wonderful work to more people. Thank you for your help in this. Now, on to this week's episode. Let's spread a little more goodness in the world. Today's guest on Be The Good is Genevieve Paturo, who is, quote, all about purpose and the human connection. She went from television marketing executive to finding her purpose in a whole new way. Just a few of the highlights from her wildly impactful life already. Genevieve founded the nonprofit Pajama Program, which is celebrating its 21st year and has delivered more than 7 million new pajamas and books to children throughout 43 chapters across the United States. Genevieve is a professional speaker and purpose consultant inspiring individuals, groups, and companies on the transformative power of purpose and the human connection. She's a best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and has been featured on just about everything from Hallmark Home and Family to Oprah to Today to Good Morning America and so many more, as well as the recipient of many awards as she inspires others to use their heart voice in pursuing their passions. So Genevieve, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story with me today. Oh, of course. Thank you for asking me to share it. And I'm so happy to find out we're neighbors. Yes, yes. We just found that out. She is about, I guess, maybe a half hour Metro North ride away, right? Right, right. <laughs> Excellent. So Genevieve, I give a little bit for the audience. So please tell us more about who you are and what you do in your own words. Sure, sure. Um, well, what you said is exactly right. You know, I, I didn't plan to start a nonprofit, I didn't plan to start anything. I just wanted to follow in the steps of people like Mary Tyler Moore, who, you know, to me, she was this groundbreaking career woman at a time when, you know, she entered a man's world of the entertainment television business. And I just thought that she rocked. That was so great to me as a, as a young, you know, nine-year-old start. And I watched her literally for years and I went to college and thought, you know, I, I love her life. I love the strides she's making. I love her as a role model. And I thought she was funny, you know, and she had everything to me, you know, and I followed in those footsteps. I loved television and I went into television and I and worked my way up to VP marketing in the TV world of syndication in New York City, in a big city like, like her. I was single like her. And I, it was a workaholic life. It was, it was crazy. Um, I loved it. It was what I thought it would be. But my roots, my Italian roots, and my dad who came off the boat, my mom, also Italian, but was born here, they really instilled in all four of us. And I'm the first, the, the uh, first child, first girl, there are four of us. And it was about family. And I think that they were, well, I know that they were wondering, when is she going to have a family? What about kids? You know, what about getting married? And it just wasn't in my plan. Mary didn't have those. <laughs> so I didn't, you know, I skipped right over that until about 12 years into this crazy lifestyle, I heard a voice in me and it asked me if this is the next 30 years of your life, is this enough? 
And Katie, that really stopped me cold because I heard this voice, first of all, which was, you know, scary to me. And I thought that must be something in me that's waking me up to just answer that question. Am I on the right path? What's going on? But I knew very soon that it wouldn't be enough. In 30 years, I'd be alone still. I'd be working crazy hours and maybe, maybe not. Would there be love? And I said, well, there's not going to be any children at this point. So how can I bring children into my life? That was the one part of the puzzle that I didn't want to say, oh, well, not going to happen in any way. So although I didn't have them, I wanted to bring them into my life. And I started reading in emergency shelters. I'd heard stories about one particular child. And I called the police and asked, where did you bring this child that you removed from the home? And I got some information and I decided to start reading in shelters. And that was the beginning of the, the lead, the road to my aha moment. Absolutely incredible. So then how did we get from there to creating a nonprofit? Cause that aha moment could have definitely found its way into a couple of different avenues, but you said a nonprofit and focusing on pajamas and kids and books. Tell us a little more right. about that. Well, when I went to read at night to these children, it was foreign, totally foreign to me because I'd never, I'd never been in a shelter. I'd never been that close to these, these children that you sadly hear about in the news, read about in the news and see on TV. And here I found myself sitting on a floor in a shelter in my business suit with about a dozen little kids sitting on the floor with me, staring at me. And I'm reading them a story. I don't know. I'm not giving information about them. I was allowed in to read stories at night. I knew that it was an emergency shelter, which meant that they were coming from trauma. And I could see it on their faces. I could see it in the clothes they were wearing that didn't fit. They were soiled. I knew it because they were silent. And some of them had, you know, red eyes. They were crying. And I could tell. I could feel the fear. And I never, I never thought about what to expect. And, and despite all that, I felt this connection as I was reading the story. And I, week after week, I'd go in different places, same thing, same quietness, same emergency situation. And I couldn't wait for that night because I just felt like I was bonding with them just quietly, silently. And one night I said, where they were taking them to go to sleep after I left, I, I followed and I said, I want to see where they're going to sleep. Something just triggered in me, you know, get up and look. And when I saw the bare room, a couple of kids, two or three to a futon or a couch, they didn't change into anything. Some of them started to cry again. And I saw, looking at this scene, in my mind, I saw my mom at our bedside and how loving it was and how different and I was saying to myself it's all wrong what I'm looking at where's the love and I never in 38 years thought back to my mom at our bedsides and I asked when I was leaving if I could bring pajamas for the children I asked the shelter workers and they said yes and I did the next time and I started to hand them out after I read the stories and one little girl was so so afraid to take them she was so afraid to let me get close to her and she was a mess. Her clothes were dirty and they didn't fit her. Her hair was a mess. And she, she broke my heart. She was quiet the whole night. And I kept coaxing her gently, but she, she just kept saying, no, 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 no. She watched me give them to the other kids. She didn't want to go to that room to sleep. 
And then finally, it was just her and the staff person. And I tried one more time with a pretty pair of pink pajamas that I thought would fit her. And here I am explaining she can have them. She doesn't have to give them back. They'll fit her. I hope she likes them because they're pink and she has pink in her shirt. And after a couple of seconds, she leaned in and she whispered, what are pajamas? And that moment, I, I remember no matter how many times I think about her or I, or I tell the story or how many times I've read it in my own book, it stops my heart every time I hear it. And in that moment, everything changed. It was like my mind was swept clean. There was no career. There was no other goal except how many of hers, her because like that are there. Oh my gosh. Did I have so many questions, but just to hone in on, on one aspect of this, when you were going, you know, the hundred mile an hour New York city life that so many of us know, whether whatever city we're in, did you have it in your mind at that point that, oh, I want to find a way to volunteer or was it just out of nowhere, once you heard about this child going to an emergency shelter that you said, you know what, I'm going to see what this is about and how, what I can do there. Right. No, I, I didn't volunteer. Um, I shouldn't say that. I volunteered a little bit. Uh -huh. um, I gave, I tithed. So yeah. I gave um, some money to favorite places that I knew were helping people. Growing up, I was part of the Girl Scouts, yeah. you know, but we were, we didn't have a lot of money to, sh to share with others growing up. Uh, my mom, it was crazy raising four kids then. And so we didn't have or make time to volunteer. It wasn't part of my world. So, so no, if I, if I hadn't had that moment with that, with that child, if I hadn't heard my voice in me somehow, somewhere, God, the universe, somebody put that in there or it was in there and they woke it up. I, I wouldn't have ever thought of, of that. You know, this is just so timely to this whole idea of going, 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 going and not taking time to just be. And it's in those t times when we do just sit in silence or are forced into waiting for something a long time and we don't have a phone to scroll out or something like that, that we do get those like something's talking to us. We start or even just our brain is able to think beyond that immediate like fight or flight, what are we doing right now? So I'm just, I'm so blown away by how you heard this and then you acted on it. What, what, we'll, we'll get to the other questions. I just have to ask, what was it like to actually listen to that and to stop a major career and shift? I mean, just what was that like? Oh, how many hours do we have? It was, <laughs> it was, I don't even know how to explain it because it was so foreign to me. I was an action oriented. I still am, you know, a type personality, go, 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 stay on the track, stay on that treadmill. Um, and the break and the, I put the brakes on, which was so bizarre. And I, and I talk about it more, of course, in my book. And, and when I, and I speak, I don't know what moved me. Well, she moved me, but I don't know why then I took the steps I took. When I heard that voice, it frightened me. It was a voice. I had never heard a voice. Now I hear them. Over the last 22 years, I've learned to hear them. But I was never still. And I think that's our problem. We're never still. You mentioned the phone. 
our minds are going, whether we're listening to stimuli or we're watching it or we're looking for it, we are never still. And in the moment I heard that voice, I remember it was like, oh, I have nothing to do for an hour. And I was alone in my apartment. And, and that that's what happened. So when we're still, I think we hear or we see or we think or something happens that we would have ignored. Wow. Wow. And so now moving forward, this little girl who didn't know what pajamas were, you left that night. And then what happened next? Um, I forgot all about my job. All I, I, I was just like tearing my hair out. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. And I said, I have to get pajamas. Where do I start? I mean, I knew how many shelters I'd been to and I knew how many I hadn't been. I knew there were a lot of shelters. I didn't know um, what it would lead to. I just felt this compulsion, this, this need to go to the stores the next day. And uh, my brain just wasn't concentrating on work. I took a long lunch. I just wasn't thinking about work. I just kept hearing her and seeing her and seeing all the kids and knowing that I was going to go back in a few days and there would be different kids there. I was, I was just obsessed. I was obsessed. And I don't know how many, I don't know if every founder is obsessed. I know that that nonprofit founders have a cause, you know, like like I did, and and a lot of us have an aha moment. It doesn't matter if it's for nonprofit or for anything else we start. Um, and I and I think there are a lot of people who start something and then are obsessed, and it, it became an obsession. Wow, wow. And now moving into now, you are actively getting these resources for these children. Would you like to share some of those good news moments when you did get to see the happiness and the joy or hear from people you inspired along the way as well? Sure, sure. Well, after 20 years of being both founder and executive director, I'll always be founder, of course, um, I decided to pass the baton to someone who was president of our board. She's great. She's an attorney too. So all the paperwork that was bogging me down because I wanted to be out there I said, I think I'll be better if I can try and inspire people to listen to that heart voice and to find their purpose because everything changes in your life. Everything, your heart fills up like never before. And I would speak a lot and I, I do speak a lot. And for those 20 years, people wanted to hear the story. And then they came and asked me uh, or told me, I have this, I really want to do. Can I sit with you? Can and, and I was trying to encourage and give you know my strength to them and tell them it's not easy, but it's so worth it. So I, I now speak and I wrote my book and I, I write and I consult to do that because I think it's important for all of us now and after the pandemic more than ever to, to find our purpose. So some of the stories that, that I wrote about in the book and some I didn't write about um, are, are just about these children who are resilient, but who have a hole, you know, in their, in their heart because they just don't feel like they matter and the pajamas really aren't about the cloth yes they are better for them hygienically since they've been wearing clothes for a long time they do keep them warm but it's about the love and these kids so many times I've seen them and given them pajamas and they put them on like right there right then it could be you know 12 noon they're, they're gonna have lunch and the staff are laughing you know and they want to put them on because they're they're clean, they're new, they're warm. Somebody gave them to them that they, they fit. And it's it's because somebody 
gave them this warm, you know, covering for their body that translates to them as something that's so rare and comforting. And they would call me the lady with the pajamas. And it, it was just so many of those. And one little girl, I remember I visited her, her orphanage, and I brought this big box of pajamas. I gave them out and she was just adorable. So cute. And after I gave them to her and the kids went back to what they were doing, she ran over to me and she hugged me and she gave me a hug and she whispered in my ears, next time, can you bring me shoes too? I mean, just the cutest, you know? And then of course there were the hard stories. So many hard stories of what they'd been through. You know, I, I write a little bit about um, a little boy in one of the places in New York that you would know, uh, went to visit with pajamas to a group and he was there and we were putting him out on a table and the women who were running it, a lot of them nuns, they were watching and I was watching this little boy who was trying to sneak in and grab all the little girl pajamas. And we were laughing saying, why, why is he trying to steal all the little girl pajamas? And one of the women said, let me find out. And she went and she came back and she had this like ashen face and she said, he and his sister were brought in last night because their mother was burning them with her cigarettes and they took the mother away and the little girl is in ICU and he wants to make sure she gets pajamas. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, that wow. sibling, that sibling love I have yeah. seen so often, so often in these sad cases that it's just, you know, and then you hear stories of how they, they don't get to you know be adopted together. That's a whole other story. So that's some of the saddest stories that I hear about. Um, but then there's, you know, Isabella. And then there's there are the kids that, you know, that just keep moving closer and closer to you until, they're, until they sort of figure out how to get on your lap. If, if they're allowed, <laughs> if they're not on your lap. You know, and they think that they're you know, trying to be, you know, coy. And they want to be the one that's closest to you. It's just because they want love. Yeah. And that's the core of it all, right? Just that to feel needed and the love. We all do. And what an amazing example that you are of someone who you made such a huge impact by simply or not so simply showing up to read a book at once a week. And now you're making such a huge impact from these last 21 years of an entire organization that's doing so much. And I think that's a great reminder for people too of wherever that purpose and that passion is, right? And whether it's founding an entire organization, whether it's finding an hour a week, whatever it is, we can all do something. So you're a fantastic example of, of the whole spectrum of that. Well, I, I have to say, it's, it's not just me. You know, I mean, yes, I had an idea. And I used to think, I used to think before I started this, that there were, there was this power of one, you know, I used to think, wow. And, and people who found their purpose were lucky, like Oprah and, and Deepak Chopra and, you know, Einstein and uh, all these people found their purpose and the power of one, you know, to, to make a light bulb light up. And that to me too, you know, in the beginning, oh, look, you know, you're, you're one person, you're making a difference at this orphanage or this shelter or whatever. But I've learned, Katie, it's not the power of one that things. It's the power of one another that moves mountains and moves people. And that's what we have to do. We have to move each other. I love that. And I love that reminder. And so going along with that, because that's such a quotable moment, are there any mantras and sayings that have helped you through, whether it's from the start or from building your team or 
just showing up and seeing the sad stories along the way as well. Um, yes, I mean, during the hardest times and during the sleepless nights, the, the mounds of tears and the fear and the doubts I had along the way, I did keep the commitment um, poem. I guess we can call it a poem. And, and you can find that if you Google it and it's not, I'm reading it, it's on my desk. Yeah. Until one is committed, there's hesitancy, the chance to draw back, always ineffectiveness. Concerning all acts of initiative, and creation, there is one elementary truth, the ignorance of which kills countless ideas and splendid plans, that the moment one definitely commits oneself, then providence moves to. And I believe that. I have seen miracles. I have experienced them. We all have. When we think it's dark, when you're on purpose, somebody shines a light. It's amazing. It's amazing. And how, speaking of when you're on your purpose, how did you decide that I'm going to speak about this and consult? You mentioned that that's what you're doing now. How did you decide that that was the next step, so to speak? Um, well, I, I, I saw that there was a purpose part two, yeah, <laughs> not just exactly. for the kids, because I had every faith in Jamie, who now our executive yeah. director and team and board. I knew that they would carry on successfully. And I felt that it was my time to try to share what I'd been through because there were a lot of dark times. It was very scary to change careers. You know, I mean, I am not a saver. I went overboard on credit cards. It took them away from me. I mean, like, but I persevered. And when I would be asked during my reign as executive director, how'd you do it? I would tell people and it almost made them feel better that they could not run their credit cards, but that they could make a change after thinking that they had made a decision that would last forever. And also to go against what other people expect of you. You know, I know my family wanted me to have kids. I know they were worried when I went home and said, I'm going to quit my job. and I'm going to give kids pajamas. I talk about that in my book and about reactions people had to that because it's, it's scary. And, and people don't always rally for you when you tell them that. Right. So I realized that I could help and support and put together summits for people who might want to find their purpose after one path, you know, of, of many years just left them empty. So I'm hoping that, you know, writing the book gave me time to write my book finally and speaking about purpose and the value of the human connection more than ever now. I mean, the only way we were successful and we are is by telling our stories, by talking to people starting conversations, sharing and asking, how are you? So wonderful. And your book has a great name too, uh, Purpose, Passion and Pajamas. How to transform your life, embrace the human connection and lead with meaning. I just love that subtitle to it as well. Something I've been asking everyone this past season, if someone came to you and this question is so up your alley with finding your purpose. But if someone came to you and they wanted to make a difference, but they didn't know how, they didn't know how to start, they were overwhelmed. Is there any advice you'd give them? What moves you? Is it music? Is it dance? Is it children? Is it seniors? What moves you? I love it. Sometimes the most simple statements are the most impactful and they lead so much to think about. Genevieve, where can we follow and find you, your book, more about your TEDx talk and your consulting? Um, everything is on GenevievePitoro.com. 
excellent. And that will be in the show notes. And again, just thank you so much. There's, I feel like I'm walking away with this so much to think about, uh, both from the idea of working through your passion and your purpose. And then also through that idea of remembering of that there are so many people struggling out there and that there is something that we all can do and with one another that I love how you focused on. Thank you so much for this conversation. I, I loved it. Thank you, Genevieve. Thanks so much for listening to Be The Good with Kate Cherichello. Whether you're listening on YouTube or via podcast, it would mean the world if you like, subscribed, and or left a review. You heard about the good? Now go out and be the good in your life this week. If you have stories of good news that need to be shared, please send me a message. Thanks again and have a great week.